J.C. Corcoran Podcast. How's your home? August 1st, 2023, and you are at jconthewine.com. How you doing, kids? I got I to gotta start with a really funny story. This is just one of those things. Super Dave Osborne. I, I'm telling you, this guy was so funny. He was so nice to me, so genuinely uh, cooperative and willing and I used to go out to California for those movie junkets. You know, you'd see a movie on a Friday night and then like 10 o'clock in the morning. The next day, you'd get up and start interviewing the stars and you would, you know, do those interviews. And then you'd see another movie on Saturday. I'd do the interviews on Sunday, hop on a plane with all these tapes and uh, put them on the air on your TV station, in this particular case, St. Louis. And, uh, you know, but I would wake up four o'clock in the morning because on my body clock, it was time to get up. So I was wide awake at, 7 a.m. and he would come by in this giant suv he had actually he had a hummer for a while he's a big guy you know bob was probably like six seven something like that He was really really tall but he'd pick me up in the morning and uh, we'd go have breakfast somewhere and then he would 
drive me around in Los Angeles and just show me stuff. I remember when they were finishing Aaron Spelling's house. Aaron Spelling, one of the big producers in Hollywood who was responsible for, well, Tory Spelling, but that's not what I was getting at. But anyhow, apparently that was the talk of Hollywood, this place that Aaron Spelling was building. So he drove me by. We got out of the car. We were walking around in a construction site. At one point, Super Dave bought the house that had been previously owned by Captain Stubing, Murray Schlatter, otherwise known as Gavin McLeod. Of course, the brother of Albert Brooks. What an incredible house that must have been, especially when they were kids. So it was on this date in 1990 that early in the morning we had had a satellite interview with Alan Young. Now, Alan Young was the guy who played Wilbur on Mr. Ed. That was a dippy show, but these are the TV shows that we grew up on. We were kids. We didn't know any better. We just thought it was funny. And there were a couple of iconic performances and episodes. I mean, there was one where Mr. Ed tries out for the Dodgers, and they had actual Dodger players out there, including Leo DeRocher, who was such a ham, and he was really hamming it up in this whole thing. And then they had the catcher, John Roseborough, and you know, Mr. Ed comes sliding into home. And John Roseburg sees this giant horse come and get ready to slide into him, and he jumps up on the backstop. And then I, I only remember that uh, in the series, Wilbur Post, that was his name, his wife, Carol, I believe it was. Yeah, Carol was just, you know, like something out of Playboy. This woman was unbelievable. They didn't use her much in the show, but when she showed up, let's just say it got my attention. So anyhow, we got Alan Young on, and it was right about the time that a story had just broken that some guy who had something to do with the production of the TV show, Mr. Ed, said in some sort of a book or an interview or something that, oh yeah, we used to have electrodes attached to Mr. Ed's genitals, and when we wanted to have it look like Mr. Ed was speaking, we would just crank up the juice on this little box, and his lips would start to go up and down like that, and would look like he was talking. Now, I told that story to Alan Young. He had already heard it, and he said, absolutely false. There's no truth to that whatsoever. Ed was a great, called him Ed. Ed was a great horse, and he was cooperative and he was trained and the trainers were great and we never ever would have done anything to hurt that horse or make him uncomfortable that's not how we got him to move his lips and so just forget you ever heard that story so about an hour later super dave just calls in on the show and i say yeah you know it's funny i want to get your take on this soup so i told him the whole story again i told him what alan young said and i you know again the story was if they wanted to get mr ed to talk they had electrodes attached to his genitals and they would just turn it up and then would make his lips move and without even missing a beat super dave goes i think that's what they do with brian gumble (laughs) i just i just think of that guy oh my god and then when you lose peewee herman yesterday peewee's big adventure was a work of art it was a brilliant comedy i remember i used to get in these fights with joe pollock all the time joe pollock you might remember was the movie critic for the post dispatch and he did some work on channel five and i had to share the set with him once in a while and he was an arrogant mr know-it-all from new york and he didn't think i had any credibility he didn't really treat me with very much respect but i just sort of went along with it i figured you know what you're the one coming off as the big blowhard and i'm here on tv i'm a radio guy i got no business being here but but I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hoping that 
the stuff that I do is entertaining and informative for the people who are watching. But uh, Joe Pollock, I'd say this Pee Wee Herman thing is just huge because he had written all these negative reviews about him. And he was just like, his attitude was, he's just doing Jerry Lewis. And I said, Jerry Lewis? Yeah, yeah, it's all been done before. And I'm thinking to myself, did you actually watch the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Did you actually see it? I'm not knocking Jerry Lewis, especially back in the early days and the stuff he did with Dean Martin. And he was an incredible dancer and all this sort of stuff. But Pete Herman's stuff was so smart and so funny. And that's why kids liked it and adults liked it even more. By the way, some people don't don't know this. And I'm always surprised when I hear that they don't know it, that the uh, chick in the motorcycle bar in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that's actually Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That's actress Cassandra Peterson. So she was in that movie, and quite a bit of the movie was actually written by Phil Hartman before he would go on to be one of the great cast members on Saturday Night Live. He even wrote himself into one scene at the very end of the movie when they're all at the drive-in. He plays one of the reporters. And like I said, he was familiar with Pee Wee Herman because they both worked at the improvisational comedy thing, The Groundlings, in California. So Pee Wee got the movie deal. Phil Hartman became one of the writers. And like I always say, the rest is history. Cher played the keel on this date back in 1999. She was one of the first people to show up, um, you know, half naked on stage. All these women who have their butts out hanging now. Uh, back in 99, Cher was in that skin-tight, see-through black outfit, and she was performing on an aircraft carrier, if my if my uh, memory serves me correctly, and in what clearly was an effort to make the top of Dan Deardorff's head just fly off. Dennis Miller made his debut on Monday Night Football in the state back in the year 2000. Interesting experiment. As far as the Cardinals are concerned and the trade deadline, I'm not going to talk about it at all because by the time I post this thing, and we post at 11 o'clock every day, Everything I say could be old news, and it's not old news, boys' day. Eh. But, uh, you know, the name's Flaherty, DeYoung, Carlson, and it could be worse. Again, in Los Angeles, they're saying Nolan Arenado's coming there. But that seems to be more of a thing that somebody started up as a more of a proposal. This thing out of Philadelphia, that seems more serious about Paul Goldschmidt. Now, anybody can talk to anybody as the trade deadline approaches and just because somebody talks does not necessarily mean there's got to be a deal but i think it's pretty clear that even if goldschmidt doesn't even move there were discussions and there have been discussions and you know by the time you listen to this podcast today this whole story could be over women's world cup so I recorded the game, started at 3 o'clock this morning, got up this morning, and it wasn't the game that I recorded. So I don't know. all I know is they, they tied a draw with Portugal. And apparently the people who were expecting the USA team to dominate in this game were pretty shocked. As a matter of fact, Portugal almost won, I guess with a, a kick that you know hit the crossbar or something like that. So the United States better up it. They're going to have to, too, because in the next round, they're going to face probably Sweden and Japan. That's going to be on Sunday, and those teams are both really good. And that is the extent of my knowledge about women's soccer or soccer in general. And, of course, NFL preseason Thursday night, Jets, Cleveland, Canton, Ohio. We do politics only when it is absolutely unavoidable uh, here on the podcast, and it is today because it's fascinating to watch what is going on with this Ron DeSantis thing. He's not only not gaining any ground on Donald Trump, he's losing ground. His numbers are going down. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, they say, spent $40 million in legal fees alone last month. So Donald Trump 
running around. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I got some legal problems. Please give me money. And people do it. And he spends $40 million of it on legal fees. Some people think that's money well spent. But DeSantis, it says, had a low turnout in New Hampshire for a $1 beer event. <laughs> and people still didn't show up. So basically what you got is a bigot from Florida with a shemp haircut whose campaign is going nowhere. And I think it might have been a miscalculation. I think DeSantis probably figured, well, we know what's coming down the pike here on charges and indictments on Donald Trump. People will finally say, you know, we can't have this guy as president. So I slide in. I become Trump without the baggage. And instead, he's fighting with Mickey Mouse, and now he's laying off all these campaign workers. This has been a hell of a story. And it's supposedly the wife who is running the campaign. She's calling the shots. Something ain't right there. Something ain't right. Some of these memes that have been popping up combining the Barbie movie with the Oppenheimer movie are a riot. I've posted a couple uh, big explosions in pink. You know, so all the smoke is pink, you know, stuff like that. As you might suspect, the people in Japan don't find these funny. They have a slightly different take on explosions in Japan during World War II. The Warner Brothers people in Japan are saying, uh, can we knock it the hell off? A pair of YouTubers tried to visit Cousin Eddie's house from the movie Vacation. Now, I can't believe they'd be the first people ever to do that. Again, like I said, three weeks ago, my daughter and I were at the Home Alone house in the Chicago suburbs up north, almost all the way to Wisconsin, and we're standing there on a random Thursday night, and there's nine cars parked in front of the house, and people were telling me, this is like this all the time. It's just non-stop people taking pictures, getting selfies with the house in the background. And so, if you were equally as excited about the movie Vacation as you were about Home Alone, why wouldn't you go try to find Cousin Eddie's house? There's only one problem. There's a guy who lives there, and he's not Cousin Eddie, and it's not a movie. It's his house. And when these two guys, these YouTubers, showed up, the guy flipped out on him. He said, the movie sucks. You need to grow up. And then he wouldn't let him shoot any video there. We have this epidemic of people throwing shit on stage. And Cardi B, by the way, might be in some trouble. You know, I don't do a lot of hip-hop stories here, but the video of her getting splashed with a cup of water the other day was everywhere. And I mean everything from Entertainment Tonight to CNN to the CBS and NBC Evening News. It was everywhere. You have probably seen the video because if the TV was on, somebody was running it. Well, now, yesterday, Entertainment Tonight rolls back this video of her saying, it's so hot up here, somebody throw water on me. So now, later in the show, a guy throws water on her, she blows her top and takes a, like a five or a six pound metal microphone and lines it into the crowd at the guy. She could be charged with battery for throwing that microphone. Well, it turns out, and I was going to play this for you today like a dumbass, I accidentally erased it, but Entertainment Tonight ran this whole history. This has been four or five occasions where she has thrown something that could hurt you at somebody she didn't like because she's got a little bit of a temper and apparently a pretty good aim. And in fact, one of the people that got doinked was one of her own crew when she got pissed off about something. But you may remember a couple of weeks ago we did the story because Drake was on stage doing some shows and somebody threw a bra up on stage and it was like an F or a G cup. And he was like, I didn't even know they made them this big. So now over the weekend, somebody throws an H cup and an L cup. L! 
mind you. Drake responded pretty much the way I would have. He said, how many letters does this go up to? And Kate Beckinsale, i got to look at this again. Hold on. Open link. Yep, there she is. 50th birthday. She dressed up like a Playboy bunny. Is this a great country or what? Seth Rogen says viewing Oppenheimer is the ideal scenario to take edibles. And then somebody told him, Seth, you're watching the Barbie Barbie movie. Say there must have been damn good edibles. Birthdays today, Jason Momoa, Aquaman is 44, Tempest Bledsoe from The Cosby Show, 50, Sam Mendes, this guy directed American Beauty and The Road to Perdition in 1917, 58, Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, 59, Joe Elliott, Def Leppard, 64, Robert Cray, and if you want a trivia contest, maybe you won with a question about what was the first ever act to step foot on stage at what we then called the Riverport Amphitheater, and it was Robert Cray. He was the opening act for Steve Winwood. Now, got to be careful how the question is posed, because if you say, who's the first act to headline at Riverport, then it's Steve Winwood. Otherwise, the answer is Robert Cray, who turns 70 today, the so-called smoking gun. Speaking of Super Dave, who was a writer, along with Steve Martin, Rob Reiner, a bunch of other guys, Mason Williams, the guy who did Classical Gas, Sunday and Share Comedy Hour, on this date, 1971, debuted. Then Sunday and Cher split up, and then it was just the Cher show for a while. I had a pretty good run for a couple of years. American Graffiti premiered on this date 50 years ago, directed by George Lucas. Ron Howard, Richard Drivers, Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams, Wolfman Jack, Mackenzie Phillips, Candy Clark. Those are just the ones I can think of off the top of my head, people who were in that movie. And it was 42 years ago today, 1981, Cable was still breaking through. And St. Louis, by the way, was one of the last major American cities to get, you know, pretty decent cable penetration. I mean, I would travel around the country and everybody's got cable. Come back to St. Louis, no fucking cable. And they just dragged their... I don't know why. I just know that we were one of the last major cities to get cable. And so even though MTV launched... It was only about an estimated 2 million homes that were able to get it. Started off with words, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. And then the Bogles, video killed the radio star. Now, again, good trivia question. Who was the second act to appear on MTV? The answer to that question is Pat Benatar. I was in a conversation with Kennedy, who, you know, admittedly was the least favorite MTV jock of all time. Every time they do one of those surveys, everybody's like, we hate fucking Kennedy. I tried to pick her up one year at the Grammys, and and I I thought I was doing pretty good, but then some you know some manager grabbed her, pulled her away, and that was the end of it. But like I said, I had a conversation with her a couple of years back, and we got talking you know specifically about the whole MTV thing. And when you're standing there as a VJ looking into that camera, you got to sort of have in the back of your mind an image of who it is you're talking to. There you were rubbing elbows with all the music stars and celebrities of the day. But there were also, you know, those millions of kids out there, many of them in small towns, a lot of them having trouble fitting in. You know, the point was for kids who especially, you know, didn't have somewhere to go, that if they were going to watch MTV to feel like they were a part of something. Like we never wanted it to be something where we thought we were better than the viewers because we were screwing around as much as anyone. And we wanted you to feel like this was the great party thrown by the most popular person you knew and you were invited that's what it was supposed to be like and it produced a lot of uh, complicated issues for mtv because after it became such a big hit and keeping in mind that it was rock and 
pop based. Michael Jackson had number one album in the country at the time and MTV was not playing it. And black leaders got together and said, better put some black acts on or we're going to make trouble for you. And they were very hesitant to do it, but they also knew that their advertising dollars were going to really take a hit if the black leaders decided to, you know, do a boycott or something like that. So they reluctantly started playing some of the black artists and it really took off and it turned out they didn't really suffer at all when they started suffering when they stopped running videos i think a lot of us would still be watching videos today just one of those really really odd management decisions where you look and go where did you ever get the idea that that taking something that the whole idea was music videos and a lot of them were very creative and artistic i mean look at the aha video for take on me look at um, uh, peter gabriel for a sledgehammer and there were dumb ones like journey separate ways <laughs> we, we all remember that but you know madonna never would have taken off the way she did because people once they they heard her but once they saw her they're like holy shit what is this all about so a real cultural change on this date back in 1981 with the debut of MTV. Speaking of music, I thought that was sort of funny. You know, Eminem spells his name E-M-I-N-E-M. He can't spell it M and M, the two letters M, because the candy company said, we'll sue you. Back in 1988, I believe it was, we took 80 people, 40 couples to Hawaii Remember the good old days when radio stations did fun shit like that? So we get out there and I was working pretty much the whole time. So I didn't, I never even made it to the Pearl Harbor thing. We were running around doing interviews with people and I had this really stupid idea to do the show live. So that meant we had to be on the air at like one o'clock in the morning, Hawaii time. It, it, none of it worked out. It was just poorly conceived. It was my fault. I take the blame. I ended up having to go back to Hawaii years later with my then wife. And one of the places we went to was Molokai. Now, if I know what I'm talking about, I think I do. It's a Hawaiian island. And I think the story was that it had been a volcano at one point, And one whole side of the volcano just basically was sheared off or fell apart or whatever. So what you have is like this half moon, like this semicircle, which it turns out the fish loved because they could swim in there i guess they felt protected and what you do is uh, you go on these excursions and they give you a snorkeling deal and they give you a big laminated card with pictures of all the fish that you're going to end up seeing and then they give you a package of frozen peas and you go down there you're snorkeling and you take out a couple of frozen peas and you hold them out and the fish actually come over and eat them right out of your hand and while they're there, they, they point themselves out on the laminated card. That's me right there. And it was great. Turns out that that is its own county. The island is its, is a county in itself, and it is the smallest county in the United States in area and population. 53 square miles, population of 88. I remember back in right about that same time, late 80s, we did uh, something called Breakfast Club Across the Midwest. And it again... When we were talking about this, man, did it sound like a great idea. We're all sitting around in a room. We had like seven or eight people who contributed to the creative process on the old breakfast club on KSD back in the day. And we would all sit around and it's like, well, we'll get an RV and we'll set all this up ahead of time. And we'll pick out these little small towns all across the Midwest, mostly in Missouri and Illinois. And every morning we'll be in a different place for an entire week and we'll live out of the RV. Tremendous idea three hours after we left we were all ready to kill one another 
man, was that a bad idea. But one of the places we went to, I want to say it was called Bado, Missouri. B-A-D-O, that sound right? It's a town with four people, and they are they have good sense of humor about it. They take turns be- <laughs> they take turns being mayor, the smallest town I've ever been in. Now we get down to the nitty-gritty. Nothing better than a damn good sandwich. I like to make turkey, real turkey, by the way, not this processed stuff. Real turkey, a little bit of mustard. Sometimes I change that over to mayo. Slice of tomato, piece of lettuce, maybe a little chunk or two of pepperoncini, green olives on the side, all of it on some sort of a bun or roll. There's a place down the street from where I live that roasts three turkeys every single day. So I can go in there any single day and I can get a white meat turkey sandwich on a roll and it's real turkey. Cut off a freaking bird. Not this processed lunch meat stuff. Ham and turkey are our favorite meats. Cheddar, the top cheese, some of the other results, I don't know, a little on the iffy side, cucumbers ranked higher than lettuce as a topping and the best condiment for a sandwich is ketchup wheat sourdough multigrain our top choices for bread 58 percent of us like it toasted on top of that got another billion dollar mega millions drawing tonight even if you lose you might want to hold on to your ticket Krispy Kreme giving out free donuts today and tomorrow if you show up with any lottery ticket all you have to do is show it even if it's an old loser, and you'll get one free glazed donut. Director of Parking Enforcement in Pennsylvania was caught stealing from parking meters and using the money as petty cash to pay for food, birthday cakes, office parties. Overall, she took more than four grand. Taco Bell being sued for false advertising for misrepresenting the amount of filling in crunch wraps, Mexican pizzas, and other items. I don't know. I think if you're still going to Taco Bell, you deserve anything that happens to you. If you love doing self-checkout at grocery stores, you'll like this. A Kroger in Tennessee converting to an entirely self-checkout experience. Ford has recalled more than 870,000 of its full-sized F-150 trucks because the parking brake could engage randomly at any time. You're going down the highway about 70 miles an hour, skid. And here's another story. If you haven't seen it already, I'm sure you will see it because they're showing it on every news channel I've checked out here this morning. There is a zoo in China, and it's denying allegations that some of its bears are actually people wearing bear costumes. Now, I've seen the video, and if that's not a person in a bear costume, I don't know what is. So they can deny all they want. All I'm just telling you is it looks like something that Bill and Doug Kincaid would have made for db's delight back in the early 80s and this being the first day of august here's what you have to look forward to third final season of physical it's apple tv tomorrow season two of winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty i really enjoyed the first batch of those shows and i don't even like basketball that'll hit hbo oh that's this sunday wow season three of only murders in the building premieres august 8th final season of billions lands on the 13th latest star wars spinoff premieres on disney plus august 23rd in theaters teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem opens tomorrow meg 2 the trench arrives on friday strays with will ferrell and jamie fox as disgruntled dogs it's theaters on the 18th so does the new dc comics movie blue beetle and gran turismo on the 25th sports nfl preseason starts thursday with the jets and the browns everybody else starts next week 
If you're into tennis, U.S. Open starts on August 28th. And finally, we've got some holidays. This Thursday, National Grab Some Nuts Day. Not you, sir. Friday, International Beer Day. The 11th is Hip Hop Day. The 12th, Vinyl Record Day. The 13th is Left Handers Day. The 16th, National Rum Day. And August 20th is National Radio Day. Donald Trump being accused of trying to delete security footage. Wasn't he the one ranting about Hillary Clinton deleting her emails? Deny, deny, deny. And I'm still having trouble understanding why people are putting ketchup on their sandwiches. That's got to be wrong. I can't even think of one sandwich that you would put ketchup on. A hot dog, and a lot of people don't even consider that a sandwich. And I'm from Chicago. We don't put ketchup on hot dogs. Mustard. And it's supposed to rain a lot overnight tonight and maybe all day tomorrow. They're even telling people to watch out if you live in a low-lying area that has a tendency to flood beyond your toes because that could be an issue. Only 31 days until Labor Day weekend. Crank out some fun here for the final month of summer. And that's it. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Tuesday, August 1, 2023 here at com. We publish at 11 every day, Monday through Thursday. Spread the word if you can. Got something you need from me? Email jc at jconthelinecom or Facebook the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. Have a great day. We will talk to you again tomorrow morning, bright and early, 530 on Wolf. 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West of the Alley. Stream at kwolf.com, kwulf.com. Have a great day. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.